healing trauma by awakening the womb? What? Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Dupree, scouring the globe to bring you stories of courage, passion, and resilience. If I could sum up this podcast into one word, I would use empathy. Now let's get inspired. Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I am your host, Brett Dupree, here for episode 22. I am sure that's an angel number or something. Yes, I am excited about today's interview because I have an interview with an angel, if you will. Honestly, this interview is the longest I ever talked about menstrual cycles, so there's a little preview. My life is going pretty good this week. I am enjoying what it's like to be alive. It is pretty fun working on a two-day workshop with a friend of mine, which has been interesting. Finally, let it more out of the bag how I don't believe in karma, which seemed to be an issue, but we'll work through that. Everyone has different beliefs, and that's just one of mine. If you listened to last week's episode, you listened to the first of the commandments of my new Church of Awesome. The church where you're living your highest self is how we show love to the creator or the universe or whatever we want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. But basically, it's the religion of living your best life and making it your purpose in living to be the best version of you. And the second commandment is one of the most important. In fact, it's the second most important While the last commandment is beginning with an end in mind, this one peppers throughout the rest because without this one, this is the one that allows you to truly move forward and truly embrace what it means to be awesome. Yes, the second commandment of the Church of Awesome is to treat yourself awesome. Yes, the first commandment is be awesome, but the second commandment is treat yourself awesome, meaning have healthy boundaries, meaning making sure that you replenish and rest, making sure that you work on being your best, making sure that you allow people in your life that treat you well and to let go of the people who don't. This is the one where it, no matter what commandment goes forward, this one takes precedence. If you're going, for instance, I truly believe in forgiving everyone, even your abusers, and I recognize people think that's problematic. However, forgiveness does not mean allowing someone in your life. Forgiveness doesn't mean to allow someone to abuse you because the second commandment of the Church of Awesome is basically to treat yourself awesome. And if you're allowing to someone else abuse you, are you treating yourself awesome? If you're allowing abuse in your life. But this is more than just how you relate to other people and how you allow yourself to be treated. Because there is that saying that you train people on how to treat you. This is also what you put in your body. Yes, if you look at me, of all the commandments, this is one that I sin the most. Because I don't always fulfill my body with the food that makes me feel awesome. One of my chapters of my book is going to be, if it's good for the boner, it's good for the body, meaning blood flow. Anything that helps that sexual energy, prana, is good for your body. And when you don't, I know when I eat so much and I'm sluggish, I don't feel like making love because it's just bleh and bloated and gross. But when you treat your body awesome and fill yourself up with good food, you'll be doing it and working it all night long. 
I don't know why I went there all of a sudden. But what I'm saying, I mean, actually, as an adult, do we really want to do it all night long? That is a long time. I mean, what about some cuddling, you know? Everyone likes cuddling. It feels so good. But what you put in your body is important. But not only what you put in your body when you treat yourself awesome, but how you put it in your body. Meaning if you do take that delicious cupcakes from one of my favorite plays, Trophy Cupcakes. Because I don't care what anyone says. Yes, maybe the cupcake craze has gone down, but cupcakes are still delicious. But when you eat that cupcake and you're thinking to yourself, you stupid fat son of a biscuit, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you torturing yourself? Why are you, you've done so good in your diet, but now you're just going to throw it all away? What are you doing to your body as you eat that delicious delicious cupcake you are not treating yourself awesome if you are going to eat something that doesn't that isn't perfectly healthy in fact there is even a disorder where you people are eating so healthy and so worried about their health that they are actually very unhealthy and they have a lot of pro- health problems because too much of their stress into eating because honestly i truly believe that cortisol the stress hormone has more to do with premature death than almost anything in this world and i believe that cancer diabetes and almost everything kind of stems from that because that causes a lot of inflammation and we're just stress in that body in fact there's studies that show that even having a positive outlook on stress reduces the amount of premature death and sickness and a lot of it is mindset and your mindset is how you treat yourself awesome but this also doesn't mean that you think to yourself oh no i just thought a bad thought cancel cancel gotta gotta get that thought out of here oh no why did i think bad thoughts no embrace your bad thoughts your negative thoughts it's okay yes I do like what my friend Andy Dooley says, stop, cancel, clear, get the fear out of here. But at the same time, when you say that, recognize that it's okay for you to think negative thoughts because that's what the mind does. The mind thinks, and that's its job. So treating yourself awesome means treating your body awesome, treating your mind awesome, treating your surroundings awesome. This is probably one of the biggest commandments, but the reality is all the almost all the other commandments are based off the first two commandments but this one is the most important because i mean the first one's the most important this one is the second most important because you are important no matter where you go no matter who you are with no matter where you move you will always take yourself with you and if you do not treat yourself the best way that you can if you do not grow the best way that you can if you do not strive to be the best version of you and allow yourself to love yourself allow yourself to eat well allow yourself to truly embody self-love life is just not going to be as fun life is not going to be as fun And so that is the second commandment of the Church of Awesome, this new amazing church that I am creating right now. I'm the sole member of, and it feels awesome to say it out loud because this has just been an idea that I've had for years. I'm just going, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it loud and say it proud. Church of Awesome, Church of Awesome, 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 Living Awesome. Yeah. Speaking of living awesome and loving yourself, today our interview is with Sherazad Smalley, a person who I met when I created the Lightworker Toastmasters. She was somebody who was interested, but unfortunately her schedule has not allowed her to be able to come 
to the Lightworker Toastmasters. So a couple times I try to meet her because she just seems awesome person by what she posts and stuff. Because another part of the second one commandment is surround yourself with awesome people. And she seems to be an awesome person that I would like to surround myself with. Wait, not not wait. You know what I mean. I mean, talk to and just be pumped up by having a fun conversation with a fun person which i did have this interview that i had with sherazad and i was very pleased with it sherazad anya smalley m-a-l-m-h-c-a is a spiritually grounded mental health counselor and womb awakening medicine woman create tricks of awakening the womb seattle a woman's group centered around feminine mystery school teachings of womb awakening and the sacred mystica counseling and healing arts. Sherazad is a way shore for the collective living an embodied life of spiritual and healing service through her own healing journey from CPTSD and addiction. She is passionate about assisting others in understanding and thriving through their awakening and ascension process, providing tools and guidance in healing from trauma, reteaching the ways of the womb, and reclaiming the divine feminine within all of us. So I bring to you, my friend, my interview with Sherazad Smalley. Hello, Sherazad, and welcome again to my podcast. <laughs> Hi, Brett. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. For listeners, for some reason, my internet went out, and so this is take two of this interview. Mm-hmm. So as I said before, I met Sherazad on, I was trying to advertise to my Lightworker Toastmasters and she was interested and unfortunately hasn't shown up yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy to get her on my podcast to have her share her story with you. So welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. So am I. So it says here that you are a spiritual grounded mental health counselor. Yes. How'd you get started in that? I have been studying counseling and psychology for quite some time, and currently my work has been predominantly in mental health therapy, traditional, and I am weaving in to my practice and my counseling this other aspect of spirituality and mysticism, and it's an area that is so real in my life and that through my own healing journey, I didn't really have someone who I could share both of those aspects of myself. It was like one or the other. I would have my therapist or I would go to a, a spiritual healer and I wasn't able to have a space in an arena where all of that could come together, which is really all of me and, and it's all connected. And so I really aspired to become that and to offer that for those who like me are seeking a place of healing that encompasses their whole self. That sounds very beautiful. One thing I've known from healers and being one myself is that a lot of us have trauma and tragic tragedy in our background. Mm -hmm. And that's what led us on this path. Would you mind sharing with our listeners your story of woe? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that that wounded healer archetype, a lot of us have chosen to come into this lifetime and go through immense pain and hardships to then embark on our own journeys to then be able to share that. So my own story is similar. I came into this world with witnessing domestic violence between my mother and father and experiencing physical, emotional, psychological abuse, sexual abuse. And it impacted me deeply. And I was diagnosed with PTSD at eight years old. My father then left 
my life and I didn't have him in my life. And so there was all of this trauma that had occurred. And then there was this abandonment that had occurred. And I struggled for a really long time with processing the pain of not having my father in my life, coupled with the confusion around all of the pain that was given to me by him. And so that created a very complex set of emotions that was really hard to sift through. And I, being a highly sensitive person, an empath, and just coming into this world and experiencing and witnessing so much violence and anger, and I really struggled with my pain. I didn't really have the resources or the tools to cope with that. And so I chose to use substances, drugs, various types to escape from that and to really cope with my symptoms of PTSD. And that ultimately led me eventually into a pretty hard addiction in which I really landed up from there getting clean and barking on this healing path. But that was the beginning part of my, my story. What exactly are the symptoms of PTSD? Well, that can vary depending on the individual and depending on their specific experiences. I can speak for myself. Dissociation was a huge part of what I experienced. Not being in my body and not being really feeling like I'm in reality. There was definitely an aspect that I embodied in my trauma of escaping outside of my present experience so that I didn't have to to bear the pain of what was occurring. So dissociation was a huge part of that. Flashbacks, in intrusive flashbacks, memories, dreams, panic attacks, and it's just sheer panic that would come over me when those memories would resurface. There can be symptoms of depression and anxiety that are weaved into that. They mirror mirror depression and anxiety, but of course you're holding such immense pain and grief that expression is in that as well. The PTSD can manifest in so many different ways. For me, it was really those aspects of just like intrusive thoughts and deep nightmares and then dissociation of like whenever that would occur, it would just be numbing out and dissociating from my present experience. Would the drugs that you're, you decided to take be ones that helped you with your disassociation? Yes. Yeah. It, so it heightened my senses so that I was back in my body and back in my awareness of life, really. Yeah. One question that comes to me is I find interesting, especially in the spiritual realm, it almost seems like we try to create a disassociation through meditation and astral projection mm. and things of that nature. How do you... I don't know, rectify is the best word I can think of at the moment of dissociation in a sense of spirituality and dissociation in the sense of escape. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally makes sense. So a huge part of my healing journey has been meditation. I'm a daily meditator every day. And for me, what I have found is tuning into my bodily sensations and coming into the present moment awareness, not transcending self and not transcending my body or my life, but like coming so deeply into me. And that's a practice that I've had to cultivate. A lot of spiritual paths are very, I mean, you could say the word escapist, but it's very trying to transcend the body and transcend the human form. And so the spiritual work that I do, and then the path that I've been studying is very much an embodied spiritual path of coming back fully into your body and accessing wisdom through your body. And so that's huge, especially within the world. And a lot of people experience diverse forms of trauma. Sexual trauma is a huge part of our story that's weaved into the fabric. 
so there's a lot of people that are dissociated and trying to escape their present experience and not wanting to be in their bodies and not wanting to be on this earth. And so to find a practice and to come back into your body is the spiritual path that I've been studying. I live that. I have found that it can be easy to do like the astral projection and, you know, and I think that's fine and great for certain people. But if like me, you've experienced dissociation for so long, finding practices and living a life of coming fully back into body is really important. Mm. Thank you for that answer. That was just something that I've always thought of myself when people talked about disassociation. Yeah. So when you're going through your time of numbing and escaping, what actually brought you out of it to heal? Yeah. Um, So I reached my rock bottom, as as they would say. (laughs) I was fully in my addiction. I was living, I was selling drugs. I was using drugs. I was in that world immersed so completely and put myself in a lot of dangerous situations Ultimately, there was an experience that was kind of a part of my spiritual awakening as well. It's all simultaneous, but I had already been reaching these like really dark, low places within myself. And I used the substances to try to escape my present experience and was running from my darkness and running from my pain. And ultimately, the way that life works, it brought me so deeply into that, that like once I reached the depths of that, I realized there's there was really nothing that I needed to run from. It wasn't as scary as I was making it out to be. And I think, you know, a lot of us tend to do that where it's like those painful emotions arise or discomfort arises and we want to not feel that instead of diving deeply into it to face it and to, to be with it because it all is a story and messenger for us. But for me, I'll just, I'll tell you the moment of that really woke things up for me was there was this apartment building that I was selling drugs out of. And I was in one of my friend's apartments and he left for the night and he was a DJ and he's like, you can stay here. I was like, okay, great. And I was going to stay there overnight and hadn't slept in days and was about to like pass out. And then all of a sudden I started getting like a panic attack. And it was out of nowhere. I just couldn't breathe. My chest was closing up. I was trying to take deep breaths. And then so I ran outside and I was like, ran to the corner and I sat on the corner. And in that moment, there was a lunar eclipse happening. (laughs) I can't make this up, looking up at the sky. And I just got this knowing that I need to go home. And I hadn't been home in months. And so I walked home and I went home and I landed up sleeping for 24 hours. And then the next morning I turned my phone on and I had people messaging me like, are you okay? Is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I just had a panic attack. I'm cool. And they're like, no, the apartment burned down. Literally the apartment that I would have fell asleep in was completely gone. The whole apartment complex went on fire. And one of my friends jumped off the second story building and was hospitalized. I mean, it was a huge thing. That was really an eye-opening, awakened experience for me. Wow, I'm meant to be here. That was the first eye-opening experience. And then various experiences after that, that just all of these synchronicities and things that just didn't really make sense to the rational mind. But for me, it was I, I really feel like I was I was saved and protected and whatever was guiding me out of that apartment was is what why I'm still here. And so there's been a lot of instances where I think back on the people and the places and the situations that I was in and, and how guided I was to still be here. That's really my anchor when I'm going through some deep healing even now in my life that I'm here for a reason. And it was that experience that really sparked me to embark on a healing journey for myself. And ultimately, you know, it was my own personal journey that led me here. Wow. 
That is immaculate, if you will, if that's the right use of that word. <laughs> yeah. You had this amazing experience where it almost like spirit has guided you to be yeah. here. So what was your next step after that? What what did you seek? Yeah. So I actually found a rehab. I So I'm from Hawaii and I grew up on that island my entire life. And I just knew that I needed to leave and to take myself out of that environment. And I knew that if I was going to stay clean and not turn to substances, I needed to face my trauma. I needed to heal my trauma. I needed to embark on a path of really not running from that anymore. And so I found a rehab in Florida for all women, and it was centered around healing from trauma. And it was a holistic center. I went and I did yoga and I learned chanting and mantras and immersed myself in this world that was so new to me and also began my path of facing and healing from my trauma. And that was transformational for me. That's what started that path for me. One thing that I've noticed in talking in my yeah. podcast is a lot of people who've had addictions of various kinds have found a lot of solace in getting help and surrounding themselves with people going through the same. It's really powerful to be able to seek guidance and to surrender to your experience and to allow yourself to receive the help. I think, you know, a lot of people who struggle with addiction also struggle with self-love and struggle with accepting that help and allowing for that help and knowing that they're worthy of that, to know that. So it's a huge step to seek out, seek outside of yourself for guidance and to really embark on that path. And even just exclaiming and affirming, I'm going to do this is the power and energy behind the path of healing. And so it's really powerful, for sure. Oh, yes. Making that one decision point mm -hmm. or making that one decision point many times mm -hmm. of I'm going to make that. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you went through rehab and yoga and now you decided to. So what did you get to the point where you decided to heal other people? I mean, it's been eight and a half years since I decided and made the decision to stop using substances and to embark on this path. And it's really been a path of my own healing first and foremost. I went back to school. I got my, you know, first I had, I did my associates and then I got my bachelor's in psychology. And then I entered into my graduate program. I got my master's in counseling psychology. And then in the meantime, I've been seeking and immersing myself in other healing modalities like energy healing and shamanic journeying. And just, it's been simultaneous of this just exploration. And it's been a deepening into my own healing first and foremost. So within the last couple of years, I have transitioned out of not only just my healing, which is continuous, but now being in a place in a space of being able to kind of show the way and to hold space for others and knowing that I have my experiences that can be of help for others. I reached that point within the last couple of years of now sharing of myself, but first and foremost was my own journey. And there's just something special about helping other people that also heals a part of ourselves. Definitely. <laughs> you know, I think there was a apprehension for me when I first started counseling that I was, am I even ready for this? There's still so much I need to work through. Can I really be of help and service to others? And then I'm sitting in the room and sitting across from someone who's mirroring back to me, just me. And it is so healing. It's so healing to be able to share and give and to share that space. And honestly, I, everyone I sit in front of is my teacher as well. I never look at me being above or are more wise, I really look at the person in front of me as also my teacher. And we're creating this experience and we're in this reality and we've come into each other's present moment together for a reason. And so I really hold that it is a co-creative healing 
space and we're mirroring back to each other different aspects of our being that are, are needing to continue in the healing. That is so cool. One thing that you mentioned that I've talked to many people and experienced myself is that ideal of who am I to help others? Mm -hmm. Mostly because I'm not perfect. I have mm -hmm. issues myself. How can I help people when I am messed up myself? <laughs> yeah. Yes. The beautiful thing is that we all have something to share. Everyone. We all have aspects of ourselves that can help another. And even if we're still in the in the midst of our healing and if we're still figuring it out, even just being in that space and place and sharing of that can offer solace. And like you said, the healing of groups is like coming together with others and being in that space like, wow, I'm not alone and we're doing this together is so healing. And so I had to come to that within myself. Yeah, I still have aspects that I'm still healing and working through and I've still come a long way and still have overcome a lot. And in that space, is the beauty of life. The healing path never ends and we can still walk each other on that journey and that path side by side. I 100% agree. Yeah. So one thing that interests me about your introduction that you sent me is that you do womb awakening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what exactly is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's like a, it's a different path. So essentially I studied with a feminine mystery school of all of last year, apprenticed with them, did a teacher training. And it is really the path, like I was saying earlier, of embodied spirituality. It is essentially the knowing that we all hold this physical and energetic space within us that can provide us deep healing and access to higher states of knowing right within our bodies. We don't have to transcend our present moment experience, transcend our bodies to be able to have these mystical experiences or, or deep healing. It's right within our bodies. And so the womb awakening is essentially coming back into a knowing that there's this space that is alive and holds such great power and knowing that we can access right within our, our being. And that is the womb. And that is the womb. Yeah. A lot of the work that I do is with cis women that have physical wombs, but the work is also with all gender expressions of essentially it's womb and hara. Hara is also the Japanese word. It's like this energy center between the navel, like two inches below the navel. And so there's this energetic primal life force creative energy. And, and you know, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the chakras, but there's this energy center that's not really talked much about, but that it holds our creative life force and can also be blocked. In, and that kind of limits our ability to create and to bring into life these creative forms. And so essentially it's reconnecting with this space and this place and clearing any trauma and wounds and coming back into body and connecting with the space so that your creative life force can flow through you. Hmm. That sounds interesting. What have been some of the things you've healed through this sacred Hara work? My personal healing? Personal or others? A lot of the clearing and healing has to do, it's basically shadow. Like you're diving deeply into your shadows. It's, it's a lot of it is shadow work. A lot of it is clearing imprints that are either through this lifetime, ancestral, passed down through your lineage, sexual trauma, uh, coming back into your sexuality, reclaiming your body. I work with a lot of people around uh, reclaiming your menstrual cycle, coming fully into, there's so much, and really removing the shame around a, a lot of our natural ways of being within our body, clearing sexual trauma, clearing ancestral wounds of 
trauma, abandonment, all of that, that's like stored deeply within us. I work with some women that have never experienced sexual trauma, but hold those imprints because of that being passed on in their lineage. They were birthed through a womb that had sexual trauma that was unhealed. And so it's learning so much about epigenetics and how we're being carried within our mother. We are essentially taking on a lot of the emotional content and physical content that is housed there. So essentially, a part of this path is to clear and heal a lot of those wounds so that we can birth a new world. And it, that can be physically through creating life, or like I said, creative projects or just just your life force to be given into the world. Yeah, one thing that stood out to me was the menstrual cycle. I remember when I was in college, one of my friends was obsessed with 17 magazine for some reason, especially... <laughs> the section where they talked about the most embarrassing moments and over half of them was some form of having to buy or having their tampons fall out in front of their crush or their rents yeah but i don't know why they said rents <laughs> there's a lot of shame in our society around our menstrual cycles there is a lot of shame and there's a turning away from our bodies and you know i work with a lot of young adolescent girls that are just getting their cycles and it's it's like you are transitioning into the ability to create life and the energy that is housed around that is so flooding and so a lot of my clients are they experience a heightened significant like mental health crises right before and during their period and that's when i see the most of them are going are getting hospitalized and they're cutting and their ability to handle that energy is very lessened during that time and so a lot of the work i'm doing is around menstrual cycle awareness helping them to map their body come and become attuned to their cycles and rhythms and we live also in a society that's very go 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 a lot of us can't take time off or to like tend to our cycles and rhythms naturally regardless of gender regardless if you have a menstrual cycle like regardless of that it's like we are expected to continue on this path and not ebb and flow. And so a lot of the work I do is removing the shame, coming back into and celebrating this aspect of our bodies that is natural and that we have the ability to really dive deeply into. Oh yeah, that's really cool. I mean, as far as I know, women have menstruated since the dawn of time. <laughs> yes, I, th I believe so. <laughs> crazy to me that things are, you know, 2000 years and society and we're still kind of about it in our you know well and if you if you do have a cycle every month and you're dreading it and you're hating it every single month i mean like you're essentially disconnecting from your body you're hating your another aspect of being a human and being in your body and that takes up so much energy of really fully being alive and like living fully. If we can all celebrate every aspect of our body and the wisdom that it holds and tune into that, what a freeing life that is, you know, to not be trapped and held in bondage by something you're dreading that is your body, you know? That makes a lot of sense. Hatred does take a lot of energy. <sighs> Hatred, yes, and shame and yeah, definitely. Especially with our own bodies, because we have to take them everywhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we do. So do you do any work on body positivity as well? Definitely. Definitely. I think this path is all about being in your body, celebrating your body, 
tuning into the wisdom of your body, it's all interconnected, definitely. So what have you liked most about doing this so far? Truly to witness the unfolding of another individual on their healing path is very inspiring and it's such an honor. I hold a women's group every month and to be in that space and to be able to share our stories of of healing and triumph and overcoming and vulnerability and shedding laughs and tears and just to be able to be a witness to that is just so humbling and such an honor and, and again a reflection of the path that I've been on and it's really what I'm living for at this point. It's just my passion and it really brings me alive. That's beautiful. Thank you. Do you have a success story that you are willing to share of someone who's worked with you and got through something? You know, of course, names and details aren't needed. I truly believe that everything can be a success. Even just in the small moments, if I'm working with someone and they are self-harming as a way of coping with their immense pain and they go a month without, without harming themselves that's a success. You know, if I have, if I'm working with a woman who's experienced significant sexual trauma, can't orgasm and can't open themselves to that. And then they're able to touch themselves and be able to drop into their bodies and to feel that as a success. You know, if I'm working with an individual who is experiencing extreme menstrual pain and it's like debilitating every month and they're able to get to a place and space where they actually are celebrating their cycle, like that is a success. So to hone in on one one story would be pretty hard because I really am a witness of success and even the smallest triumphs. That's the beautiful thing is like, I think we also tend to look for these huge successes and dropping into the everyday experience of, wow, I was nervous about coming on this podcast and I did it. And that's a huge success. You know, it's just like overcoming those little things. And if we can remember that we are a constant success story every day, you know? Mm -hmm. I agree. When we celebrate the little things, life is one big celebration. Yes, definitely. So we're going to the end of our interview together. And one thing I love to ask people is for one minute of motivation. This could be an idea where you're in a time machine and you're taken back in time to your eight-year-old self and you only have one minute to expouse your what you need to learn to make an amazing life or just condensing your entire life's message to a minute. Yeah. So are you ready to give one? Great. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Essentially, if I have one minute to to encapsulate this, it would be the Rumi quote, the wound is the place where the light enters you. Being able to face and turn towards our pain and our deepest, darkest moments is our liberation from the chains that bind us. Our bodies are safe to inhabit and this world is safe to inhabit. And to come back fully into those experiences is really what is going to change the world and have us move forward. If you are struggling with feeling safe or feeling into the pain and the darkness, really just taking moments to tune into your being and to sit with that is really the liberation that you have access to. I used to run and run from everything that really, really pained me and turning towards myself and turning into myself has completely transformed my life. Turning towards ourselves and and sitting with ourselves would be like the key, key to this, this journey and path. Awesome. That's so great. 
Thank you, Sherazad, for being on my podcast. Your story of going through so much trauma and even addiction to having that awakening moment of spirit moving you out of a dangerous situation and then turning your life around and all your stories about embodying self-love, especially through Mm. the things that are unfortunately shamed in our society is going to be very helpful to anyone who've listened. So thank you so much for sharing who you are and making this world a better place through just being you and helping others. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I I really think this podcast is so beautiful. When you mentioned the story and like the messages you're trying to bring across, I was like, yes, I'm on board. (laughs) So what you're bringing and and this platform that you're sharing is also really, really contributing to all of us stepping into a place and space of of helping one another on this path. So thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you. And I hope your day is special. Thank you. You too. And that was my interview with Sherazad. You know, a little inside baseball at this moment. For people who don't know, that's a little behind the scenes. I find beginning and ending these podcasts to be awkward. Like, I want to come up with the first best way to start. And so far, I've been thinking of how we met and how we know each other. For the most part, I say that already. And then at the end, I don't want to end it with them just saying thank you and then thank you and ending there. I... But is that kind of like the room where everyone says goodbye and it's awkward? I don't know. I'll be honest. I do not know. Yeah, send me an email at bre2tsdupr2es at joyousexpansion.com and tell me, what do you think of how I end each interview? Is it fun? Well, that was my interview with Sherazad, somebody who I did not know how to pronounce their name until they talked to me over the internet because that's how i do my interviews do zencaster i would talk about that more but they don't have an affiliate link which they should because then i would be making the sweet sweet dough off that because i make so much money Uh, all right i very much enjoyed that interview with sherazad i felt a lot of kinship with her especially through the abandonment i mean i'm fortunate enough that i was never abused what a weird thing to say but my parents for the most part were great they're just emotionally distant so i didn't understand how to deal with emotions and the little you know abandonment feeling i got from my mom but i was never physically abused and i was never sexually abused and i wasn't even verbally abused so i didn't feel kinship there I just want to, that was awkward, but basically to have her go out there and I'm noticing over and over again, how people learn how to get through their traumas by seeking help and the power of seeking help. I remember getting into a conversation once on a bulletin board, which is not this best part. Well, that's what they used to call message boards back in the day, bulletin boards. So the message board of a football and they're talking about hiring a life coach for one of the players who need to get their life together and one of the people are like oh i got into an argument with he's like i know what you do for a living whether isn't there something about doing it yourself and the answer is no time and time again you listen to my past interviews every time i had someone who was an addict or who had a disorder the way they got through it wasn't through just locking themselves in a cave somewhere and meditating forever it was seeking help going to rehab surrounding themselves with people in fact i've just more and more i've learned about 
our current drug epidemic is the more a person is surrounded by people loving people the better chance they have of turning their life around in fact they saw that with people coming back from vietnam the ones who got through the ptsd were the ones who had a support structure and a loving family or a loving friends the ones that generally went on the deep end were people who felt alone and isolated we are social creatures that's one thing we have to embrace about ourselves is we are better together than we are apart and seeking help is very important to that aspect of ourself it's not strength to go at it alone there's nothing strong about being the lone gunman that's something for the movies but for real life you need people around you who support you who love you and it's okay if one of those people you can ask them for help. Think of all the times you've helped somebody in your life, how good that felt. And now you're giving someone else the opportunity to feel that good. Seeking help is important. Another thing I wanted to mention from that interview is that was probably the longest I've ever talked to a person about their menstrual cycle, especially during the first conversation ever, not their menstrual cycle, but just menstrual cycles on a whole. And people thinking I'm white knighting but honestly I put menstrual cycles up there with death in conversations about things that happen to a lot of people that we don't talk about I mean death happens to us all and we rarely talk about that except for being said we don't talk about that but menstrual cycles I'm serious my friend loved 17 magazine and he he, he yes straight cisgendered male he bought a subscription just so he could read the most embarrassing moments and i started reading those because they're hilarious they're written by a 40 year old trying to talk like a 15 year old i mean i was in my 20s and not like i talked to a lot of 15 year old but i've never heard someone say the word rent about their parents or i was macking on my crush or i was scoping out my crush People don't talk like that. Anyway, over about half the stories, at least 40% of the stories were something to do with their menstrual cycle, like period blood getting somewhere, or just something simple as buying tampons and walking and their crush was right there with their parents and they dropped them and oh, they're so embarrassed. It's almost something that in our society, we're supposed to be ashamed of women's menstrual cycles. And maybe that's something like the patriarchy trying to keep women down. I don't know. I'm not part of that or... 100% believe in this desire that we all want to keep women down, but it's the same thing with systemic racism, that the way we are taught through society, through movies, through everything else, is what is keeping women down, and that is being fed by people who profit from it or feel better about being part of the class that is not that Or, you know, it's like those weird incel people who feel threatened every time there's a woman being the lead in a movie. I don't think those people are actively, those people are actively trying to keep women down, but they're assholes. But most of us are doing it on accident. And one way we are doing that on accident, or not at least breaking the cycle, is the fact that we are so embarrassed about The menstrual cycle. And we don't talk about it. And it's not, we're not adults about it. True adults where we're like, oh, and yeah. I mean, I'm not the most woke person. I'm not saying that I, I know I'm not the best ally to women, but I do strive to be my best and to understand more. And if I don't understand, to try to understand. I do my best. And a lot of times I fail. I fail a lot. I make I say dumb things, I do dumb things, but this isn't about me. 
This is about Sherazad, and I very much enjoy the interview, learning so many things, and appreciate everything she does because, in my humble opinion, the divine feminine is very important. And since my opinion is so important because I'm a man, obviously. <laughs> no, ser- but seriously, awakening the divine feminine, I think, is something that this society truly needs. Having the women who want to go through this feel safe about their sexuality, safe about who they are as women, and s- safe about their menstrual cycle, I think I, because this is my podcast and you're listening to me, is the only reason why I'm saying I, think that's amazing. If anything that Sherazad said spoke to you, Sherazad offers one-on-one counseling, integrating healing sessions, coaching, and womb awakening mentorship in Seattle as well as online. Her offerings include energy and sound alchemy, shamanic journeying into the womb and hara, womb healing and activations, and somatic sexual embodiment guidance. Ooh, that sounds fun. She also facilitates workshops and retreats. Sherazad can be found on Instagram at the Sacred Mystica. Mystica is spelled M-Y-S-T-I-C-A. Website coming soon, thesacredmystica.com. So check her out on Instagram or bookmark it and check it out periodically. You can also connect with her in person at the Expansion Festival, which is June 2019 in Duval, Washington. Hopefully that'll go every year and hopefully she'll be there every year where she'll be leading a workshop on the path of reconnecting with the womb. Or in Crete, Greece, 2019, where she'll be co-facilitating a retreat with the Sacred Breath Academy for the Sacred Feminine Rising. That is so many things, isn't it? I wish I asked her about sound alchemy. I wonder what she does there. Hmm, I'll have to ask her. Well, that is episode 22 in the bag. Pop, pop, hooray, hip hop, hooray, ho. That is awesome. I have reached 22 episodes. I'm proud of myself. I'm happy with that accomplishment. Why? What can I say? Since my follow through isn't the best, I'm happy I picked that right up again and have since done so. Since I decided to restart the podcast, I have hit every week and Maybe I skipped a week, but that was because I just did not like that episode and it was not worth putting out there. But other than that week, I've done it. And it's good to celebrate yourself. And I'm just taking a moment to celebrate myself on my podcast because it's my podcast and I can do what I want to. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at bre2tsdupr2es at joyousexpansion.com. If you have a question, I would love to answer it or a comment, which would be awesome because you would be the first then. I like first. You can follow me on Instagram at Joyous Expansion, Facebook at Increase Your Joy, because I created that before I understood marketing. You can also find me at joyousexpansion.com. If you like this episode, you want to listen to more, listen to pod.joyousexpansion.com. There you'll see a fun acuity link for it's an affiliate link if you schedule anything. Acuity makes it easy, and I love it. I truly, truly love it. This is Brett Dupree, your joyous expansion life coach champion of authentic joy, catalyst of transformation, and supreme guru of the church of awesome. Wishing you that you would live a life telling you, hoping that you, praying that you, inviting you to remember to be joy, to be love, to be awesome. Now play my jingle. JoyousExpansion.com JoyousExpansion.com Come and say hello to Brett Dupree. He is an inspirational life coach. Good for you and good for me. He turned my life from gray to blue. I'm sure he'll do the same for you. Get in touch.
Expansion, you'll see your life will change dramatically. JoyousExpansion.com. JoyousExpansion.com. Yeah.